1: NBA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeVote.com. Of course, I'm Jason. That is Adam. We are here to break down today's NBA Slate. we got eight games to break down for your course. We are brought to you by No House Advantage. you got to download that app right now. Take advantage of the great deal they have going on. When you make your first deposit, No House Advantage will match up to $20 in free play. We use that promo code AwesomeVote. That's promo code AwesomeVote. Check them out as they are taking a different spin. On DFS, Adam, coming here on, on a Saturday morning after last night's, uh, 10 game slate. Uh, I was kind of just going around NBA league pass, just kind of watching various games. Uh, I tend and now living, living here in Tampa, I tend to watch a lot of Raptor games, uh, cause I can't really watch my magic games cause of, uh, well, it's not on anywhere TV wise. Uh, but, uh, man, th- every time I watch Sacramento Kings, I swear they can't protect the lead. They were up 20 in the third quarter and nearly
0: blew it. Yeah, it's what happens when you are by far the worst defensive team in the league. Um it's it's pretty crazy how bad they have been defensively, but uh yeah, it's it's kind of a common theme with them.
1: Yeah. I mean, we look at some of the, uh, the high scores last night. Uh, speaking of the Kings, Hal Burton gained 39 points on, on DraftKings at, at a 4,800 salary. Uh, Jawan Morgan from the Jazz, uh, 3000 getting a nearly 30 points. Uh, also Theo Melodon for the Thunder. He, he goes out there well. Uh, and how about Hassan Whiteside coming up in some optimal lineups?
0: Yeah, I was I was uh, kind of complaining about Whiteside to friends um, after lock because he was someone that I, I didn't like have confidence in doing well. But um, I had planned on just kind of taking shots at in tournaments. But then we got all that other value, and I was just like, yeah, okay, I don't need to sign Whiteside anymore. Uh, still could have used to sign Whiteside.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting there like right before lock, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, let me let me uh, throw some Stanley Johnson in there. I'm like, and then after I I make the move, I'm like, why did I do that?
0: Yeah, well, and then he didn't even start, so.
1: So, but of course, uh, we're here to break this one down for you today. We got eight games to break down for you. Let's get right into it. We got the Bucks and the Hornets. The Hornets, a plus seven underdog in this one, over under in this one, two twenty eight and a half. Uh, I did watch a little bit uh, of the Hornets game last night. Of course, I think all of us were on cor- uh, Cody Zeller just because of uh, the price point. Uh, but let's start here on the Milwaukee side of things. Of course, they also uh, played last night against the Pelicans.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you have, I guess, you know, you have to keep an eye out first and foremost for um injury news or rest news here, but assuming that all the main guys are in um the pricing is still, I think pretty efficient on these guys. Like there's obviously monster upside on Giannis. Anytime he plays, he, he's averaged about 33 minutes per game over his last 10 in, in competitive games, you're, you know typically getting 35 36 minutes from him which has been really nice this year per minute production is down a little bit for him um, played 38.9 minutes last night so definitely do keep an eye out and, and see if they happen to to rest him today but if he's in then you know I think once again looks like a, a good option here against Charlotte
1: Let, let's say that Giannis doesn't play I mean obviously immediately you're going to look at Chris Middleton and, and Drew Holiday but who else should we be looking at if Giannis is not in the lineup?
0: Uh, Bobby Portis I think would most likely get more run Um, his playing time has been down a bit lately but he's someone that is he actually I don't know as Brook Lopez Um, yeah Portis only played like 13 minutes last night Um, you've seen him pretty much just backing up Brook Lopez lately but if Giannis were out I think there's a good chance that you would get more Portis playing alongside Lopez and he's cheap and always productive when he's on the floor.
1: Uh, in terms of the airside side with a Hornets, I mean they're, they're overall in terms of DFS are a relatively cheap team uh, to go to here. Uh, last night Gordon Hayward did not have a good shooting night at all. I want to say he was four of I want to say 13, somewhere in that range. He had eleven points. Uh, you know, but when you, you look at this team, uh, Lamelo Ball is a guy that I, I've talked about how he's a you know, he's a guy that you know, he could be a very streaky shooter. And but this guy for people who did not see the end of the game last night, basically they got an inbound. The ball with like one point, like one or two seconds left, and so the guy that's guarding him decides just to turn his back to him. So uh, all he does was he threw the ball off the back of the guy's back. Game over.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's the the price point on him is really interesting right now. And Alex and I talked about it at length yesterday, uh and then he ended up going out and having a, a pretty decent game played. Um, close to 30 minutes but the playing time for him is just going to be inconsistent that's how it is you know if if you look over his last four games for example you have 28 21 22 and 30 minutes there's nothing really unusual about that that's just kind of how it's going to go if he's playing well he can get more run if one of the guys ahead of him is playing uh you know poorly he can get more run talking specifically about graham and roger if any one of the starters is in foul trouble ball can get more run because uh so many guys on the hornets can play multiple positions so you're just going to get inconsistent playing time but on players like that they become appealing tournament options especially when they are as productive as ball is on a per minute basis they become really appealing tournament options one when their salary decreases which Lamelo's has and two when their ownership comes down which it has been recently i'm not sure where he'll come in today but on an eight game slate i assume it'll be relatively low just because of, of the low floor so it's a risky option because he very easily could play 22 minutes but you do have a fast-paced milwaukee team you do have a game where the the hornets are probably going to need to score a lot of points to keep up with. Milwaukee so you could use you know balls offense out there and uh you know it's just a, a high upside guy for for his price
1: uh should note uh, that our ownership uh projections are free today also free today is the NHL top stacks tool, so be sure to check out that over there at awesome.com. uh you know when I was watching this game last night I mean Terry Rozier and Devontae Grant were guys that uh you know I mean look if they're open at three, they're going they're going to chuck it up. There, there's no question about it. They're they're not afraid to to shoot the ball. Um, you know, you look at Cody Zeller now, forty five hundred over on DraftKings on Fanduel, he's forty nine hundred. Um, you know, still a a relatively cheap price for him, but is that price getting up to where you say, you know what, maybe I want to go somewhere else at the center position?
0: I still think he's a good value. I think it's more or less the same equation as it was last night, where he's a really good point per dollar value. Obviously, a little bit. Uh, Worse tonight since he is more expensive. But this is someone that's averaged a little over a fantasy point per minute going back to last year. And he played 28 or 29 minutes in his first start. Yesterday, he only played 26 minutes, but he did pick up his third foul with eight and a half minutes to go in the second quarter and then sat the entire rest of the quarter. So he was on his way to playing a lot more than 26 minutes yesterday. If you get him, if you, you know, if he stays out of foul trouble here and you get, close to 30 minutes at 4,500, he's very likely to give you 30 to 35 fantasy points. It just then comes down to what does his ownership look like and what value ends up being available at other positions because um, with the w- with roster construction being what it is, center is the one spot where you can obviously roster fewer players than at other positions. And so um, when you get someone like Cody Zeller getting a lot of ownership, it's, it's a little bit like... When, when a guard when a guard gets 30% ownership, you know obviously you can say, well, he's 30% owned and if he doesn't do well, 30% of the field fails. But when you get a center getting that kind of ownership, there's a little bit more to it because you can say if I go away from this center, my builds just can be entirely different than 30% of the field. And so that's where you know the, you kind of have to balance still between point per dollar and an ownership on someone like Zeller. but um, I, I do think he's still one of the better point per dollar options at this price.
1: Of course, if you have any questions on these games for Adam, hit us up right there in the YouTube chat, also in our premium Slack account. So I got both of those up here on the screens here in my office. We'll get to these questions. As we do go on, we'll move on to the next game, which is Portland and Chicago. Chicago, a Two point favorite in this one. The over under is 231.5. Of course, uh, before we get into this one, be sure to smash that like button right here on YouTube. Of course, uh, you're not subscribed to the channel. You got to hit that subscribe button, notification bell, as we have shows all day long for you. Coming up this afternoon uh, at 4 p.m. each time, we'll have the NHL strategy show. Then, of course, uh, starting at 6 p.m. each time, we'll be deeper dive and then live before. Lock as uh, E. McIntyre gets you ready for tonight's NBA game. Uh, of course, so uh, when we talk about the trailblazers, obviously it's a, a team of, uh, you know, the guys that are not in the lineup. You look at the, the guys that are out McCallum, Nurkish, Jones, Collins, and Robert Covington is a game time decision. Over the other side, Wendell Carter, he's out in this one as well. So uh, how, how's your, your lineups looking when it comes to the Blazers? Obviously, uh, you know, we've known the injury situation with this team now for a while here with, with McCallum and whatnot, but how are you? Viewing uh, Damian Lillard in this spot.
0: Yeah, I think this should just be one of the most appealing games on the slate in general, and it it starts with Lillard. Um, He's been relatively disappointing, I guess, in the games without McCollum this year. But in those four games, he's still averaged 1.43 DraftKings points per minute, 34% usage rate, 39% assist percentage, almost 37 minutes per game. The reason I say relatively disappointing is if you go back to his games without McCollum last year, he was averaging like 1.6 DraftKings points per minute. Uh, The point being, though, that he's – clearly going to play big minutes he's going to be essentially the entire offense and now you get a really good matchup against the bulls as well uh, one of the faster teams in the league also one of the least efficient defenses so uh, really really like Lillard want to get back to him here on FanDuel in particular his $9,700 salary is is really cheap uh, 10-6 on DraftKings is fine as well but at least at that price point you're competing with guys like Giannis and you know some other uh, payoff spots the Robert Covington news. Will be huge because with Derek Jones Jr. out, there's already, you know, around 30 minutes opening up in the starting lineup. If Covington remains out, then you should get Camaro Anthony starting again, you'll most likely get um, another Gary Trent start as well. Uh, and then maybe Rodney Hood joining the starting lineup. So um, big news there on, on Covington. You had Carmelo Anthony play 38 minutes last game. Gary Trent also played 38 minutes. Rodney Hood only played 20 off the bench. Um, Anthony Simons played 28. So I think that if if Covington is out, it opens the door for one of of Hood or Anthony Simons to step up and play more minutes as well.
1: I know sometimes we, we try to find we sometimes find ourselves when, you know, a, a starter is out that we go look at the value place, you know, on a team in this in this situation, Portland. But I mean, you look at a guy like Rodney Hood, thirty eight hundred on, on DraftKings, Anthony Simmons, forty four hundred. Uh, you know, obviously you can go up to Gary Trent Jr. at, at fifty two hundred. Is, is that just something you're gonna look at the ownership and decide whether you truly wanna go there? Yeah,
0: because I think that there will still and this is assuming Covington's out, but I think that they're they're will still be some volatility there, but they're, they're going to be priced to a point where es- essentially their salary is for Covington to be out and Jones to be in or Jones to be out and Covington to be in They're They're not priced yet for both of those guys to be out. So um, there, there would just naturally be upside there. But the thing you have to keep in mind is that you are still talking about Rodney hood, who is between a point seven and point eight fantasy point per minute guy. Damian Lillard is going to be on the floor almost the entire game and, He's going to be the entire offense, so it's not like you're going to have a, a lot of offense going to either of Hood or, or Simons. Um, Carmelo is going to get his touches as well, so is Ennis Cantor. So you're you're kind of just talking about guys being a little bit underpriced in a good matchup for how many minutes they're going to play, but there's still no guarantee they're going to produce. So in situations like that, the ownership does play a big role because. There's a difference. It's one thing when you get, you know, a cheap value where it's really hard to see how they fail, you kind of just don't care what their ownership comes in at. But when it's someone like Hood or Simon's that it's still pretty easy to see how they fail, even if they play more minutes, then you know, you, you just want to pay more attention to the ownership, I think.
1: Of course, uh, looking at the Bulls, obviously it all starts with Zach Levine, 8,800 on DK, 9,000 over on FanDuel. And then it's a, a pretty dramatic drop-off to everyone else. Uh, the next highest on DK, Kobe White, 6,900. And over on FanDuel, Laurie Markin at 6,500. Yeah,
0: I think Levine looks great here. Um, Portland, a pretty bad defensive team as well. Uh, Chicago, I guess, hasn't played in a really long time. The last game that I can find on Popcorn machines from the 25th. So, yeah. Uh, really rested Chicago team. Yeah. It looks like their last game was the 25th against Boston. So um, we we've got, you know, Levine playing 35, 36 minutes in most competitive games this year. He's averaged about one and a quarter DraftKings points per minute. Kobe White, the other guy that you can typically count on for um, big minutes. He's a little bit tougher to get to than Levine, because he's someone where his, his medium projection doesn't, really support his salary but his upside still does so he's not going to typically show up in cash lineups he's not going to show up in in those like more optimal builds but that also keeps his ownership down and because he is second on the team minutes and he does get ball handling opportunities he still has that really high ceiling because when his shot's falling and and you know he's hot basically when he's a hot hand he can just keep calling his own numbers so uh, you still do get a high ceiling this matchup from white i would feel better about levine but obviously the pricing is a little bit different on those two
1: is there a value play on the Bulls that, that kind of jumps out to you? Whether maybe it's a, a Thaddeus Young, 5,000, Patrick Williams, 4,600, someone in those, those lines?
0: Not really. I think those guys are pretty much priced where they should be at this point. Um, Lori Markinen is someone I think you can go to. Like you're probably getting 32, 33 minutes from him. He should get some center run. Uh, Daniel Gafford's been starting, but. Markkanen's been closing at at center. So I'm expecting you get that. And that does typically lead to more productive minutes for him. One issue uh, for him will be that he's probably, even though the rebounding numbers for him go up when he's playing center, this is a tough matchup for him to get them. And as cancer should just abuse him on the boards, um, which actually makes me like cancer on the other side. But uh, for for Markinen, it's, I, I think the price point's reasonable, considering that he should get center minutes here. But I think that Levine's the clear priority from the bulls and then you're looking at kobe white and laurie mark and kind of your secondary guess
1: of course, when you want to know the projections we have for these players, you got to sign up for an Osmo Plus weekly pass uh, for $29.95. They get you content for nearly every DFS sport out there. And if you just want an NBA pass, you get an NBA weekly pass for $16.95. Start guessing, start winning. Join Osmo Plus today. All you got to do is go over to osmo.com. Right there on the left hand side of the screen, you'll see Osmo Plus, and you can sign up right now for an Osmo Plus membership. Get an NBA pass. For 1695 of course you can always uh check out adam's deeper dive column which is free all season long so you gotta check out that uh for some of those plays that he labels out there uh next up let's move over to sacramento and miami and um Miami, it's the same thing we talked about last Saturday, the The injury list here. I, I feel like the injury list is just about as big as the roster. I think it's there's more guys on the injury list that actually are not on the injury list. So we've got Jimmy Bower game time decision. Tyro Hero, game time decision. Drogic out. Iguodala, game time decision. Vincent, game time decision. Bradley, game time decision. Silva, Harquist, all out. Ha- Haslam, game time decision.
0: Yeah, so obviously kind of difficult to talk about this team with with too much confidence right now. Um, if, if everyone is in, then it takes value away from everyone, basically. Like if Butler's back, Hero loses value. If Hero and Butler are both in, Hendrick Nunn loses value, et cetera. The one guy who's going to be pretty constant here, I think, is Bam. It's just a matter of sort of exactly how good is he because – um, it, it's a great matchup for him against the Kings. His price tags come up a little bit, but he sees more ball or yeah, he sees more ball handling, more um, playmaking opportunities when Butler is out. If Butler and hero were both out, then bam looks, you know, even better. So I think bam is, is the best play from Miami kind of regardless of, of who is in or out. It's just a, a matter of to what degree, like if Butler and hero are both out, bam starts to look like one of the best plays on the entire slate. Whereas if they're both in, he just kind of looks more like a secondary tournament option. Um, but You know, like if you assume everyone's in, Jimmy Butler hasn't played in a while, so I assume he's not coming right back and playing thirty six minutes. If if he did, then he'd look pretty appealing at seventy three hundred. But I don't expect that to be the case. Uh, Tyler Hero played thirty two minutes against um, the Clippers on whatever day, Thursday. Thursday, Yeah, Thursday. you know that, but but he's priced up. He's basically priced for Butler to be out. Uh, Kendrick Non is priced for Hero or Butler to be out. So there there's a lot that really hinges on those two in particular. Um, uh, you know, out, outside of Bam, basically.
1: Uh, you mentioned I, I watched a lot of the the Kings game last night. I mean, defensively, we we, we can talk about how bad they are defensively. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously Hassan Whiteside was obviously the story last night. of What he is, I mean, he's now thirty two hundred on, on DK or on Fanduel. He's four thousand. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes. I want to say he was four for seven from from three point last night. Uh, so, what's your, your thoughts on uh, the Kings tonight?
0: Yeah, so this is another one where obviously you'll want to keep an eye out for injury news because Hassan Whiteside had missed some games and was, quote unquote, on a minute's limit. Um, You know, possible, I guess, that that we get him resting here, but assuming everyone's in. uh, So my my thoughts on Whiteside are exactly the same as they were yesterday in, in the deep dive there's no like guarantee that he even gets meaningful minutes because we see Luke Walton switch up his center his, his rotation so much but my guess is that you're getting essentially the backup center minutes for Whiteside which typically is going to be 14 to 16 minutes with the potential for a little bit more uh, especially if Holmes is in foul trouble for someone at 3200 you're just not going to find the per minute production that Whiteside offers so it's kind of like the the even cheaper version of like LaMelo ball, for example, where the minutes are going to be volatile. Um, Whiteside is really never going to play more than 20 minutes. You wouldn't expect, but he produces over 1.2 fantasy points per minute when he's on the floor. And there's just nobody else around $3,000 that gives you that same kind of production. So it naturally is going to make Whiteside uh, an interesting tournament option, assuming he's not getting much ownership outside of that. um, Tyler or Tyrese Halliburton is interesting um, before the Kings game, two games ago, Luke Walton had talked about wanting to change up his rotation. He didn't really say what he was referring to, but what we've seen in the two games since is he's gone back to hating Marvin Bagley and not closing Bagley. Um, Halliburton has closed both of those games. I think that it I don't even think it's really an indictment so much on Bagley as it is that Halliburton's really good and, and Halliburton should be in this, these closing lineups. And then you kind of just think about, okay, well, who's getting kicked out? Like, If if Halliburton's going to close, who gets kicked out? The Aaron Fox we know is closing. They're closing with one of the centers normally. Um, You know, maybe tonight they could go with uh, Bagley, but he's such a liability defensively. Like I don't think you're going to say, "Oh well, Bam Adebayo is not the biggest center. Let's put Marvin Bagley out there. He's going to get destroyed." That you're better off having Holmes. So you assume Holmes is ahead of Bagley. He old you you could kick out, but you're probably not. And then Barnes is going to close. So, or normally going to close. So it, it's kind of just that I think Bagley's the odd man out if they are going to close Halliburton more often. And I think that Halliburton closing more often makes sense. And it, it seems like maybe it's a decision that that Walton is intentionally making. So um, there is still that risk on Halliburton because uh, if he doesn't close, you know, coming off the bench, he's only playing 24, 25 minutes, but we have seen him close two games in a row. He is still cheap and he, he's good. So I think that um, it's a, a pretty favorable price point for him at 4,900.
1: Yeah, Dave, David mentions in the chat forty nine hundred for Halbert. He 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 views that as a lock. I mean, price wise, I mean, it's such a, a potentially a great value. It like as you mentioned, does he get those points that you're expecting? Another question we got in the in the chat was about Kendrick Nung sixty two hundred on DK.
0: Yeah, um, so for Nung, a lot depends on on Butler and Hero. If they're both in. I have a hard time paying that for none because he's priced essentially for one of them to be out. Now he still played 33 minutes last game with Hero in and Butler out. So if one of them's out, I think you can go right back to none. He was really disappointing last game, and and that's kind of to be expected. Not that you know it was expected he would disappoint in that game, but it, it's still Kendrick Nunn. Like this guy has upside and has ability, but he's not the most consistent player. There's a reason that he had until injuries, basically been kicked out of Miami's rotation he's not um like a fantastic NBA player or anything you're going to get some bad games out of him even when he gets opportunities but um you are going to get those opportunities in a great matchup if one of Butler or Heroes out um as far as Halliburton goes one other point there uh is that he is right now projected to be the fourth highest owned guy on DraftKings it's not so much that I don't think he deserves a lot of ownership because if you're going to get 30 plus minutes out of him, he does. But it is another situation where not only do you have the playing or not only do you have the production volatility where like guys just have bad games sometimes, but you do have minutes volatility here with Halliburton as well. So you have two different ways for him to fail. That is something that always just gives me a little bit of concern when someone's getting a lot of ownership because um, he can fail because of Luke Walton and he can also fail just because he has a bad game.
1: You mentioned about how much you like Bam on uh, Bio, obviously over on DraftKings center position, but on FanDuel power forward eligibility, do you prefer him on one on one site as opposed to the other?
0: Yeah, I prefer him on FanDuel just because he's a power forward and that's always an easier position to uh, to fill. So yeah, I mean the, the like if Butler and Hero are out, I don't really care what position he plays. I just love him. Um, I mean, you'd still prefer him on on FanDuel, but you just. I I like him everywhere. If they're both in, he's going to be a lot easier to roster on FanDuel because he's going to look a lot more marginal on DraftKings when you factor in the opportunity cost.
1: Uh, next up, we have got Houston and the Pelicans. The Pelicans, a one-point favorite in this one. The over/under is two twenty-three and a half. Of course, you can always check out the betting lines over at Osmo.com, part of Oddshopper. You want to check out the, the where you want to place your bets, whatnot. That is a great place to go. Over there, uh, of course, uh, they're coming off that win last night against the Bucks. Uh, you know they. Only played eight guys in the rotation. No J.J. Redick in terms of this one. But, of course, Brandon Ingram, 8,100 on DK. Uh, He's 8,300 on FanDuel. Zion, 8,400 on FanDuel. And he's 7,400 on DK.
0: Yeah, that's a really cheap price point for Zion. I, I'm not even the biggest, I, I love Zion as a player, but I'm not the biggest like Zion proponent in DFS because he doesn't really contribute the peripherals that you would really like. Uh, Like when someone can score like Zion can, they should be like a 9K player because they do other stuff, but Zion doesn't do a lot of other stuff. And so you get some of those empty, like 30 actual point, 38 fantasy point type games, but he's priced for that, like no doubt about it. So um, he's, as cheap as he – like, he should not be this cheap, I don't think. He's going to play 34, 35 minutes, assuming this game's competitive. He's averaged about 1.15 DraftKings points per minute this year. That just makes him great out as someone that – projects really well at his salary. And then if he does happen to run into more peripherals than usual, he's just going to blow a salary out of the water. So I think uh, Zion looks great. Brandon Ingram looks good as well. Um, you know, getting a $700 discount on DraftKings to to Zion, Zion's going to be more popular. He's going to be easier to get into lineups, but Ingram has the same, uh, same, you know, upside is as Zion does contributes more in the way of peripherals peripherals as well uh so you know like both of those guys obviously prefer Zion but then you get some cheap pricing too on Steven Adams and Lonzo Ball um Houston with Christian Woodback is pretty much playing a center 48 minutes um you don't have a whole lot of risk of of Houston going small and so I think Steven Adams should be on the floor a lot had a 20 rebound game last night um still I think had a pretty mediocre fantasy game I'm not sure exactly what he had but I think he had like a about as bad a DFS game as you can have with with 20 rebounds. Um, yeah, 31 and a half fantasy points with 20 rebounds is pretty, pretty hard to do. But um, it, it kind of just goes back to what we've talked about before with Steven Adams. He's playing enough minutes and he's productive enough where he's a good point per dollar option at his price. It's just that you have to be making sure that you are using that value to get um, high upside guards and high upside forwards if you're doing that. Because you're giving up 50, 60 fantasy point points opportunity at center for a guy that is just not going to score more than 30 or 35 fantasy points very often um lonzo also you know a a really high upside play he came back or he he played yesterday he had left two games ago early um started yesterday played 35 minutes seemed fully healthy made i think like six three-pointers had a really good game you're not expecting him to go out there and score 47 DraftKings points again but he's 5k and averages about 0.85 DraftKings points per minute this season if he's going to get 32 to 34 minutes he's just going to look like a really good value
1: yeah, just uh, pulled up the Steven Adams uh, sat line from last night. Thirty-eight minutes played. Of course, you mentioned about the twenty rebounds, uh, ten offensive, ten uh, defensive on there. Four points, two steal, uh, two assists.
0: I don't understand how you're a center that gets ten offensive rebounds and you only get four points.
1: I, that that's uh, yeah, that's an amazing sat line. Like like, how do you just not like put like two or three of those back in the hoop? Right, and, and he
0: had no free throw attempts, so it's not like. Because I was like, okay, maybe he just got fouled at the rim a bunch of times and then missed all of his free throws somehow. He had zero free throw attempts. Chumbalai.
1: No purchase necessary. void, we prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. guy who, and it's a great point you bring up about, you know, yeah, he's going to get you points. The one thing is, he gets to the free throw line. Like we, we talk about James Harden, how much he gets to the free throw line. Just watch the Pelicans. Zion will probably go to the free throw line, you know, around eight to 10 times you know, a, a game, you know, free throw attempts. So, uh, you know, but it'd be interesting to kind of see, I mean, Josh Hart had a good game last night coming off the bench. So we'll see where, where he's at 4,400 DK looking overall on the rocket side of the thing. It's you watch this team. It's like, I think all these guys have a chip on their shoulder at this point. You know, now that kind of, uh, I guess the, the, uh, the toxic uh, person in the room is no longer there with James Harden and uh, Victor Oladipo 7,900 over on, DraftKings, he's 8,500 over on FanDuel. I mean, this is a guy that he said the other night he feels that his knees are now at about 90%. And, uh, but he, he's, I mean, he's a guy that I'm definitely looking at.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, were you saying Wall or Oladipo? Depot? Oh, God, six. I'm definitely looking at both of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for for Depot, he, I think he, he's priced up a little bit here just because, He played, you know, the games without John Wall, where he essentially was was the point guard, and you're going to get. And Christian Wood was out too, so um, he's a little bit overpriced as far as his like median uh, projection goes, but you still get a lot of opportunity for him. He played another 37 minutes uh, last game against Portland. You're you can kind of count on like 34, 35 with the upside for more. And I don't really think his situation as far as usage and assist opportunities is all that different in Houston than it was in Indiana, where he was playing with Malcolm Brogdon and Demonta Sabonis. Like Brogdon's going to handle the ball a lot in Indiana. Wall's is going to handle the ball a lot now and be the primary playmaker. You have a high upside or a high usage center in Christian Wood or Demarcus Cousins, whoever's on the floor, but they're not, you know, it's not any different than Demonta Sabonis. So I think you still can get, Similar production from Oladipo as you were in Indiana, where he was averaging about 1.16 DraftKings points per minute. So if you're going to get 35 minutes from him, I still think that uh, there there is upside for him at this price point. The thing that makes it tough to prioritize him is like you don't even have to leave this team to find a guard that is, is more underpriced. And you have John wall at 6,800 wall played 30 minutes against Portland. He had been limited uh, the previous two games. He played about 20 minutes, two games ago, played 24 or three games ago, played 24 minutes against Washington two games ago in a game where he said that he basically negotiated his way into 24 minutes. And then he got up to 30 minutes against Portland. So I'm not comfortable saying that wall's coming back and playing 37 minutes like he was at the beginning of the year, but at the same time, getting 30 minutes uh, to the point, Alex made on the show yesterday once guys start playing 30 minutes they're not really that limited like there's a pretty good chance you're getting at least 32 to 34 from wall here and he's just priced down uh pretty drastically so I think wall really stands out as a a core option here Oladipo more of a secondary tournament option and the same goes for Christian Wood who um, obviously produces at a high rate he can still pay off his his salary pretty easily the thing that concerns me a little bit about Wood is that you're not seeing yet at least, DeMarcus Cousins play alongside him. It's something Steven Silas and Christian Wood both said that they wanted to do more of, but anyone who's played NBA DFS for a long time or for any amount of time knows that there's a big difference between what basketball coaches say they want to do and what they realize they actually can do. And so, you know, again, you had Christian Wood play 32 minutes against Portland. You had DeMarcus Cousins play about 11 Um, So they didn't even play the full 48, but they didn't play any minutes alongside each other. Could they tonight against Steven Adams and Zion? Like, yeah, they could. Uh, I'm not real confident that that happens. And until we see it happen, it's hard to expect Wood to play more than 32, 33 minutes, whereas his price is still expecting him to play 36 or 37.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention that about Cousins. 6,800 on DK, 6,500 over on FanDuel. It's like, you know... It, you know, I think like you mentioned, 11, 11 minutes is last time out. Do, do you trust even Silas to give you a good run of Cousins at that price point?
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I'm thinking here is it would make sense in this spot because you have Adams and you have Zion, which is a front court where the two of them can, can definitely be out there. But the third piece is that you also have Brandon Ingram on, on the Pels. And so you could have P.J. Tucker deal with Ingram, you know, potentially. But the other thing is, like, do you really want one of Wood or Cousins dealing with Zion. Like you'd rather have PJ Tucker there too. So um I, I'm not confident that it happens. I think that there's a decent chance it happens. Um but you know I'm not I'm not gonna put too much weight into the fact that it could happen.
1: Yeah. Of course uh if we get all the latest news, you gotta follow us on Twitter at AwesomeONBA. NBA Also you gotta follow our man News God at news N E W Z G-O-D Underscore DFS. He's always uh, tweeting away with the news and notes that's going on to help you get ready, prepare for your lineup. Of course, he's always in our premium slack account. Of course, also be sure to check out Adam's deep dive article, which is free this season to prepare you for the slate. Definitely a must-read to help you figure out who you want to put in your lineup tonight. We'll move on to the next game and, uh, we got Memphis and San Antonio. Memphis, a, another one of these teams that has been hit with COVID and various injuries. You look at the players that are out for Memphis tonight: Fallon Junis, Allen, Winslow, Jackson, Tilly Porter, and McDermott, all listed as out. So obviously that leaves John Morant at seventy one hundred on DK, seventy nine hundred on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, so you get this Memphis team. You know, uh, hasn't hasn't played in a while. Valanchun is still out um, the price tag on, on Morant looks great. My only concern with Memphis in general is what sort of minutes restriction are these guys on? We've seen teams kind of struggle um, when, you know, they have missed a bunch of time due to COVID the um, Grizzlies haven't played since the 18th. Morant played 34 minutes in that game. You know, how many minutes does he play tonight? I don't really know the, the answer to that, but until we get news, I'll at least assume he's playing, you know, 30 132 minutes um being out opens up more usage we know jaron jackson's still out as well so you're getting a, a pretty low usage starting lineup minus john morant uh, he should be doing essentially everything offensively and, and looks like a really really good option
1: uh you know looking at uh, the the value plays on memphis with all these guys now out who, who are you looking at as potential targets
0: Uh, Xavier Tillman right now projected to be the highest highest owned guy on the slate. And I think that's for for good reason. Um, You had Valentunas out in that game on the 18th as well. Xavier Tillman started he played 29 minutes. Um, He's you know, close to minimum salary and on DraftKings, he also has power forward eligibility, which is, is really useful. Um, Kind of like the, you know, the point we were saying with Cody Zeller, where it's like, he's a good point per dollar play, but it takes like your center position, obviously doesn't apply here to Tillman um, power forward on FanDuel as well, though he is 4,600, but expecting you get 28 to you know 30 minutes out of him, uh, he's going to look really good. There should be plenty of usage there for for Dylan Brooks. You should see more usage for Clark and, and Anderson as well. Um, but I think it's Morant, and Tillman in the standout as the top two
1: guys. Uh, Looking over at the Spurs here, uh, Derek White is game-time decision with a toe injury. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who, by the way, is 5,400 on DK, 5,900 on FanDuel, had an awful night last night. Five points, three round, three rebounds, three assists in 22 minutes. Yeah, he's been really,
0: really disappointing this year, and I attribute part of it to Keldon Johnson and DeJounte Murray. They're taking a lot of rebounds away from LaMarcus Aldridge um th- there's other issues with Aldridge too like he, he's not scoring like you would hope but the rebounding numbers are, are pretty um eye-opening when you when you look at you know what is supposed to be the center on the Spurs uh getting out rebounded pretty handily um in terms of rebounding percentage by his point guard and by Kelvin Johnson so I think that's hurting him then you have you know DeRozan obviously um being the highest usage guy it, it's kind of just turned Aldridge into a scoring dependent uh fantasy player who only has like a 23 percent usage rate which isn't bad but it's Typically, not what you want when when you're talking about a scoring independent player. That being said, his salary is so low that there is still upside just based on his talent level. um You know, and, and the minutes are down a little bit this year too, so that, that that's a problem. There, in previous years, if Lamarcus Aldridge was ever 5400, you would just be putting him in every single lineup and feeling really confident that that was a good play. Now, you can put him in your lineups, so you're not going to feel very confident about it because he somehow can actually disappoint at that at that salary. But it is a good matchup here against Memphis, especially you know a short-handed Memphis team, and he is price more or less to his floor like he, he does have the ability to, to outperform the salary that being said I'd rather pay 6300 for DeJounte Murray than 5400 for, for Marcus Aldridge Murray averaging about 1.2 DraftKings points per minute in the games that he's played with the Rosen and Aldridge this year I mentioned the rebounding numbers for, for Murray being um his, his rebounding percentage up over 13% in those games but gets assists as well he's got about a 22% usage rate he's just been really good and if Derek White is out it solidifies Murray's minutes. Even if White is back, I assume he'd be limited. DeMar DeRozan, a little bit underpriced for this matchup as well. So even at Aldridge's price point, I think he's a, a decent option, but I would still put him behind Murray. I put him behind DeRozan. And I think, honestly, I would, I think it's really close between him and Keldon Johnson.
1: Uh, Do us a favor right now. Be sure to hit that like button. you like what you're hearing here on the show. Of course, if you're not subscribed to Osmo, be sure to hit that subscribe button as we have shows for you all day long, every day. Come later today, we'll have the NHL Strategy Show, and then following them will be NBA Deeper Dive and NBA Live Before Lock. Let's move on to the national game of the night. That is the Lakers and the Celtics here. The Celtics, a two-point underdog. The over-under in this one is 216.5 which is the lowest over under on the slate tonight. Yeah, I was going to
0: say, as soon as you said the matchup, it was like, man, that's going to be a fun game to watch, and I probably won't be that interested in it uh, from a DFS standpoint. You know, just two good teams, two defensive uh, two two good defensive teams. You should have Anthony Davis back tonight, I'm assuming. And if that's the case, it takes a lot of value away from the, the Lakers side. You know, it kind of just gets back to what we've talked about every time they've played this year where LeBron and Davis are in. Those two are fine. They they both have high ceilings in competitive games. They're playing a ton of minutes and you do assume this will be a competitive game. So I think there's a good chance that you're getting like 35, 36 minutes from Davis and LeBron, but LeBron's up over 10 K. Like he's, he's almost the same price as Damian Lillard. He's almost the same price as Giannis Davis. You're getting a little bit more of a discount on DraftKings at 9,300. I think Davis is the spot that I would go to on DraftKings If I'm looking to go to the Lakers, I think he um, stands out as, as the best option there.
1: And of course, uh, both game time decisions with injuries, uh, which is just basically every every day we know that with with the Lakers and of course uh, with AD in there. In terms of the Celtics, Jason Tatum, eighty five hundred on DK, ninety four hundred on Fanduel.
0: Yeah, it's a good DraftKings price point. Um, he returned to the lineup the other day and played uh, thirty four minutes. So, you know, get, getting him back to 34, or he, he returned two games ago. Kemba, last game was the first game Tatum and Kemba had played together. Uh, you got 34 minutes from Tatum. We know Kemba's still going to be limited uh, for basically the foreseeable future is what Brad Stevens had said. He played 27 minutes in that game. But um, getting the pricing where it is right now on Tatum and Brown, they both look like solid tournament options, not not priorities for me. Like there's there's guys at their positions that are priced better. But Tatum and Brown both um you know can produce 1.2 to 1.3 fantasy points per minute and are likely to play 34 plus minutes it's a really tough spot the lakers have been the most efficient defense by a pretty wide margin this year um so it's more of just you're, you're betting on low ownership and talent winning out for guys like tatum and brown more so than you're looking at it and saying oh like this is a really great price point i don't really know how they, they disappoint um so it's more of just like a contrarian piece fitting in the lineups that, that gives you some upside
1: is there a value play on the Celtics? That
0: <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, not not that I see. I mean, Daniel Tice started the last game. Tristan Thompson went back to the bench. Tristan Thompson played twenty three minutes. Daniel Tice played, played at twelve. I, it, it's a terrible matchup for everybody. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't see anything. I feel remotely
1: confident in there. <laughs> we'll move on. Next up, we have got the Suns and the Mavs. The Mavs a two point favorite in this one over under. Two seventeen and a half here. Of course, uh, we look at the Suns. It, it starts off with the injury report. Devin Booker out with hamstring, uh, Sarge out with COVID, Payne out with foot, Jones out with COVID. Uh, over on the Mavs side, Maxi Kleber, uh, he's listed as out. We didn't get a, an official injury report from the Mavs yesterday. Uh, but uh if, if two days ago, Carlisle was asked about uh when Kleber would be available, and he said that Saturday was a possibility.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has too much of of an impact on like who we want to roster because you basically have this Dallas team already getting back with or without Maxi getting back to close to full strength. And so it kind of just like, muddies everything um josh richardson only played 25 minutes last game he did maybe lose some some run to the blowout that's a spot where if you wanted to target someone from dallas outside of Doncic and porzingis i could see looking to a 4200 josh richardson and just hoping that he happens to play 30 32 minutes but um still plenty that can go wrong there it's, it's basically just the the luca and porzingis show for me um we'll have to keep an eye on on porzingis they Sat him on the second half of, of their last back-to-back, I believe. But he's played back-to-backs previously this year. Also only played 25 minutes last night. So my assumption as of now is that, that he'll be in. And if he is, um, he got the start again at center last night. I assume he would tonight as well he's very productive at, as a center averages about 1.3 DraftKings points per minute his price tag's actually coming down a little bit he's down to 7500 on DraftKings I think he looks like a good power forward option I'd still rank him behind Zion um, at that price point in terms of like cash plays but there's not a big difference between them in terms of range of outcomes so if you do get an ownership discrepancy uh, between them. I think you should just go with the lowest on one um, right now. For example, we have Porzingis projected for about 8% ownership on drafting Zion for about 20. I think that you just play Porzingis there in a lot of lineups and in, it, it's a you know profitable play basically. So uh, like Porzingis, obviously like Luca a lot in that same category with Lillard and with uh, Giannis.
1: You know, we mentioned earlier about Stephen Adams only uh, getting four points. Uh, Tim Hardaway last night, Two points in twenty six minutes.
0: Yeah, which is really what you love to see out of someone whose sole job is to shoot the basketball.
1: Yeah, one for only and only had five field goal attempts. It's just amazing for a you know for a guard to only go out five attempts. Um, in, in terms of the Suns here, I know someone's already asked about Chris Paul. Uh, seventy six hundred on DK, seventy two hundred on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, I have no idea why Chris Paul's salary dropped on DraftKings. He was one of the most popular guys on the slate the other night. Now his salary came down. Um, you're just, you know, seeing more production from him as you would expect without uh, without Booker so far this season. Um, in the whoops, wrong, wrong search. Uh, so far this season in the, I don't know why this isn't working. Um, Okay, there we go. He's played three minutes this season without there are three games this season without Devin Booker. One point two five DraftKings points per minute, um, but twenty eight point nine percent usage rate, forty one point nine percent assist percentage, and you know I think that's to be expected. Like the only high, really high usage options now are Paul and then DeAndre Ayton, and so you're seeing uh, Paul get that uptick there. Um, Dallas, you know, a decent matchup, and the price I think is just really affordable for him, especially without um, Cameron Payne as well, making it more likely that you know he does get those 32 33 minutes.
1: What's your thoughts about Deandre Ayton at 7800?
0: Yeah, I think he's a, a good option as well. Um you've seen you know Rudy Gobert absolutely dominate this Dallas front court the last couple of, of times the Dallas has played and Ayton gets a bump without Booker as well. Um also without Saric it helps to solidify Ayton's playing time. Uh you got 32 minutes from Ayton or sorry, 23 minutes from Aiton against Golden State, but he dealt with some foul issues, didn't play at all in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, You're typically going to get 33, 34 minutes from him as long as this game's competitive. In the games that he's played without Booker so far this season, uh, he has averaged 1.02 DraftKings points per minute, only a 20% usage rate. But I would think that over more uh over more games you see that come up he was you know 23 24 usage guy last year I don't really think that taking Booker off the floor is going to you know actually hurt him long term so with his salary where it is I still like Aiden too
1: Of course, this is the NBA Strategy Show right here on Osmo.com. If you ever miss our shows, they are available a part of the Osmo Podcast Network. So maybe you miss a strategy show in the morning, you're driving around town in the afternoon, all you got to do is hit that subscribe button, go to Osmo.com slash podcast to check out all the podcast fees that we have, and leave a five-star review on one of our podcasts for a chance to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Good luck once again, Osmo.com slash podcast to listen to our shows, a part of the Osmo Podcast Network. Now, the final game of the night is the Pistons and the Warriors. Uh, The Warriors, a a five-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under in this one, 224-and-a-half. We'll start over on the Pistons side of things. Uh, Jeremy Grant, 7,800 on DK. DeLon Wright, 6,600. Over on FanDuel, Grant, 7,800 and 6,100 for Wright.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty nice um, price point for Jeremy Grant. And, you know, it's still it it feels gross to pay it. And I don't think it's quote unquote optimal when you have Zion available for less money, for example, but and Porzingis for less. Like I'd rather go to either of those guys, but you really can't sleep on how good Jeremy Grant's been this year. He's basically maintained his true shooting percentage from last season, despite adding like eight to 10 points of usage. He's averaging over 36 minutes per game. Golden state plays at one of the fastest paces in the league. Um, Grant looks like a good option here that I'd be happy to get to in tournaments Uh, behind that it gets kind of tough. Like Blake Griffin finally had a good game the other day, but those have been pretty few and far between this season. Mason Plumlee is I think a, a pretty good option. He dealt with some foul trouble against the Lakers still ended up playing 27 minutes. I expect that you're getting around 28 minutes from him again here, uh, a little bit more expensive than Co- than Cody Zeller, but similar you know type of play where you're expecting 30, 35 minutes at a, pretty or 30 35 fantasy points at a pretty inexpensive price tag so i think grant's the guy that i would look to first followed by plumley um derrick rose again only played 20 minutes last game which is is obviously a problem uh he is only 5k and if he happens to get 26 minutes he's probably one of the better 5k plays on the slate there's nothing suggesting he's going to other than he does sometimes like there's Mm -hmm. nothing suggesting he's going to in this game we know it's in his range of outcomes though
1: uh, looking over on the Golden State side, you got Steph Curry ninety seven hundred on DK, ninety four hundred on FanDuel. Uh, then you got Wiggins sixty three hundred on DK, seven thousand on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, I think the DraftKings price in particular on Curry or the FanDuel price too at ninety four hundred. Um, they're both good. Um, it, it's kind of a matter of what do you have to sacrifice to get from Curry to one of the like 10.6 guys, whether it's Dame or Doncic or, or Giannis? Cause I think all three of those guys you can expect to, you know, outperform court to outperform Curry, but um you do have obviously a 1.4 fantasy point per minute guy that's going to play around 34 minutes assuming this game's competitive detroit's been bad defensively this year there's no reason not to like curry here it's kind of just uh you know how much you have to sacrifice to get to a little bit better option like um you know like, like Doncic or or lillard uh draymond green's only 5100 on DraftKings. he's been pretty awful from a fantasy perspective you're expecting him to get around 30 minutes the usage has been down. The rebounding numbers are down. Uh, the assist numbers are really the only thing that looks good for Draymond, but he is still pretty inexpensive. So not the end of the world if you land on him. Wiggins and Ubre both kind of secondary, um, relatively high upside options. Ubre has certainly had his share of struggles this year shooting the ball, but I expect that will turn around at, at some point for him. We have a long track record of who he is in the NBA. It's not who he is right now. You know, probably dealing with some confidence issues and all that, but you can only factor that into to your DFS projections to, you know, so much so um i, I think that uber is still someone that has a, a pretty high ceiling based on what we know he can do but he's not really at a discount right now either
1: of course if you do have any questions uh, get those in right now we'll get those in before the end of the show uh in terms of uh value plays on, on the warriors and, and the pistons uh is is there one player that sticks out above all
0: if you're looking to value um i think weissman would be the guy that you're most likely to gamble on him Weissman from the golden state side Rose from the Detroit side, kind of similar plays really like there's a good chance that they play 18 to 20 minutes, but they both have it in their range of outcomes to play 24, 25. And if they do play 25 minutes, they're both very productive players when they're on the floor. It probably means they were playing pretty well and they're both likely to do well at their salaries. So um, both guys are like, I think low floor, relatively high ceiling, uh, sort of, you know, highly volatile value options.
1: You know, we mentioned about uh, some of the the options we're seeing in terms of uh, high ownership. I just want to pull up the ownership here. Uh, we'll kind of go over uh, what we're seeing right now in terms of who are, who are the guys that are getting the most. I mean, of course, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, about Xavier uh, Tillman. I mean, obviously the price point, but man, you're talking, when you're approaching that ownership level, I mean, man, that's that's a huge number. Yeah, the thing is, though, it's, getting guys down around that minimum
0: salary is just so valuable. Like if you have a guy at 3k compared to a guy at 4k, it's, you know, it's the, the percentage difference there is so big compared to when you have, you know, like an 8k versus a 7k guy. It just helps you get so much more into your, your lineup, and you're taking on a lot less a lot less risk um, because when when you factor in what a $3,500 player lets you get at, at other positions, even if that player does disappoint and only gets you like 20, 20 fantasy points, it obviously kind of puts you a step behind, but you, you still have the ability to make up for it because you were able to get higher upside guys into your lineup. Whereas when you roster like really popular 6K guys, Um, And and they disappoint, you're just at a pretty big disadvantage. So I'm a lot more willing to just roster highly owned minimum salary guys and hope for the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at some of the the players that we're seeing under ten percent. I mean, Chris Middleton, someone to pay attention to. But you know, if, if for whatever reason Giannis does go tonight, we know that that ownership is going to skyrocket uh, with him. Uh, you know, Porzingis, he's under ten percent, but the question is, do they play him on a on a back to back? And maybe you know, someone like Carmelo Anthony, who could predict, get a little bit deeper runs tonight. Someone to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, I think also as far as the sub ten k guy or sub ten percent guys. Um, Ennis Cantor didn't really talk about too much when we talked about Portland, but I, you know, other than mentioning, I think he wrecks them as far as rebounding goes. <laughs> uh, obviously, center position is tough to get to, but uh, I think he's at a favorable price point. You also have Ayton sub 10%. Steph Curry sub 10% is really interesting because I, I fully agree that he's not the quote unquote best play on the slate that you want to get to those, you know, 10 K guys, but you also could save, let's say $900 and go to Zach Levine in a great matchup. Um, But if he, if that's going to force his ownership, this low, and you're talking about someone that had, that literally can go score 60 actual fantasy po- or 60 actual points. Not that it's likely, but he's literally already done it this year. Um That kind of upside at sub 10% ownership is always hard to come by. Bam. Another, you know, really high ceiling guy, Anthony Davis, it kind of just looks like, and it makes sense. From a roster construction standpoint, the best approach is going to be to get to one of these mid-10K guys, and it's going to kind of force you out of that 9 to ten, nine to 10K range. And I think that that's driving ownership down on these guys like Curry, like Bam, like Davis, that can get 60 fantasy points. They're not as good a play as your Dame uh, Doncic uh, tier, but they still have that upside, and they're not really getting ownership at all right now.
1: Uh, David in the chat asked about Pat Connington, um, on the slate here today. Who's 3,200 over on DK. Uh,
0: hadn't thought about him at all. He played (laughs) 20 minutes yesterday. I mean, he would get more run if Giannis is out probably maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, he got 20 minutes yesterday. Part of that was because DiVincenzo um, was taken out 15 seconds into the second half or a minute into the second half as well.
1: Of course, uh, NBA Deeper Dive will be later on today at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then, of course, Live4Lock will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That is going to do it for the strategy show. Of course, uh, be sure to be following us on Twitter at Awesomeo NBA for all the latest news and notes to help you get ready for, for tonight's slate. So that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeMoe.com.